In this episode, we talk about how parents and educators can use norms to set the stage for a productive and inclusive online Kids Math Talk community all year long. Welcome to the Kids Math Talk podcast, where in each episode, we give parents and educators practical tips and insights that will deepen mathematical understanding while also encouraging the conversation about math to remain active and positive. I'm your host, Desiree Harrison, elementary math coach and Kids Math Talk founder. We often refer to ground rules as norms, which are based on expectations. In a face-to-face environment, we spend the first weeks setting these norms for the hallway, the carpet area, and the playground. Teachers even set norms for reading and writing workshops. This fall, most educators will be establishing norms for online meetings. We do this because we know that it invites a sense of community, belonging, and purpose. That means that we need to take the time to establish these norms or expectations for learning math as well. When I taught third grade, I made it a point to always include activities during the first two weeks of school that were specific to setting up the culture and expectations for my math workshop. But I didn't find out until I had already been teaching for six years that I wasn't going deep enough when thinking about building a sustainable math community. I was focused only on helping my students understand what the workshop looked like and sounded like. But that year, one of my graduate professors introduced me to the work of researchers Yackel and Cobb, who put forth the idea that there are in fact distinct norms for math with a very specific name. They're called socio-mathematical norms. It's okay if you've never heard of these before. Like I said, I had been teaching for several years without ever having a conversation about them. These are not the same as general social norms because they go beyond simply suggesting that children be kind and patient with one another. Socio-mathematical norms are the normative criteria by which students within classroom communities create and justify their mathematical work. Examples include negotiating the criteria for what counts as a different, efficient, or sophisticated mathematical solution, and the criteria for what counts as an acceptable mathematical explanation. To give some more context, let's talk about another example. For the past few years, a really popular general norm has been that mistakes help our brains grow. The socio-mathematical equivalent of this norm would add on another layer by stating exactly how teachers and students should respond when mistakes happen. Taking action gives a wonderfully clear example of how to communicate this. Simply say, share mistakes. This sets the groundwork for understanding that mistakes are quote-unquote acceptable and that they're going to happen. And when they do, here's how we'll respond. Having this when X, then Y approach helps to make things clear for everyone which will ease some of the anxiety children will most likely be feeling at the start of the year. They help define not the what, but instead the why and how of math class and prepare us for understanding and interpreting the learning that is to come during the year. They also explicitly define what a child should expect from themselves, their classmates, and their teacher while engaging in and discussing math tasks and concepts. We have to make time to create these socio-mathematical norms. 
In the next week, the first step teachers can take toward building an online Kids Math Talk community that includes socio-mathematical norms is to think deeply about your own beliefs and answers to the following questions. What do you believe about the teaching and learning of mathematics? What is your definition of mathematical discourse? What criteria do you believe counts as a sophisticated math solution for the grade level you're teaching? What kind of culture do you want to create for your online learning community? Head to my website, kidsmathtalk.com podcast, for a download of these questions to ask yourself. It's also a good idea to make sure that you have dealt with your own feelings about this past school year. Head to episode three if you need some reflection prompts for this. Step two involves us easing into the school year. We must remember that children have spent months outside of a familiar learning environment. They need the chance to become familiar again with interacting with peers and teachers. Talk with your admin team in your district to see what resources are being provided to help children begin to process the trauma they might have from this past school year and how to help them transition back into learning. Children need to know that teachers are there for them and giving them time and space to sort out their feelings builds trust. Parents, ask for these resources as well and continue to have conversations with your child about how they are feeling about school and their current learning environment. Teachers, when speaking about subject areas, we also have to remember that children might be entering the school year with negative feelings toward math. Creating a productive online math community with students is going to take time. We can help create positive math experiences with children by completing activities like those from Joe Bowler's site, ucubed.com. This is an amazing resource for back to school and has a variety of videos and activities that promote a growth mindset along with other productive beliefs. It's so easy to use and the website even lets you save a playlist so that you can plan an entire week at once and have it ready to go. I also recently found a blog post about some downloadable getting-to-know-you templates that you can use with Google Jamboard, like Two Truths and a Fib and Guess Who. I'll link those in the show notes for you. A few weeks ago, I was reading an article from the Boston Globe. The focus was on the findings of MIT and Harvard education researchers, who suggests that taking steps to strengthen bonds between teachers and students are more imperative than ever when in-person interactions are limited. The recommendation is that schools should focus on teacher-to-student relationships and make the curriculum as relevant as possible. So another activity that you can implement to start learning more about your students' identities is the drawing activity mentioned in Episode 2 of this podcast. This will help you create lessons later on that are more relevant to your students. This brings us to step three for teachers, which is to have a direct conversation about socio-mathematical norms with your students. Hopefully your class will be ready between the second and fourth weeks of school. Once you've had a few face-to-face or live online sessions with your students. When starting to create norms, It's important that each member of the class is involved so that each member knows that they are an important part of the class community. Encourage children to use their experiences from the first week of this school year to help them think about the norms they would like for the rest of the school year. If you're starting the year with online learning, 
you could pre-plan part of this conversation and have some quick polls ready to use with your class or breakout rooms for discussion, depending on the age group you are working with. Another suggestion is to have students send you videos of themselves talking about the norms they would like included so that you can review these ahead of time to better organize the live discussion. Both of these strategies support the belief and create the norm that all voices are important. However you decide to design the lesson, remember to keep the final list of norms concise and easy to remember. So aim for no more than seven items. If you're getting stuck with how to frame some of the language, an excellent reference guide is Chapter 8 of the book Classroom Discussions. A suggestion the authors give there is to make sure that your norms embody three philosophies. That every student is listening to what others say, that every student can hear what others say, and that every student may participate by speaking out at some point. This makes me think that part of a class's discussion about norms might mention whether or not to have cameras turned on during math and about which participation tools that are a part of many video conferencing platforms a class will use and why these tools matter. Once your class has decided on norms, create a community poster of these and add on accountability by having students sign this. Hang this poster on the wall as a visual reminder of these norms. If you're in a virtual environment, you can type up the norms on a virtual whiteboard or slide, have each child sign online by typing their names on a virtual sticky note or another tool, or by even uploading their pictures, and then take a screenshot of this so that a timestamp is created. Make sure that you sign this too. In an online learning community, it will be important to reference these norms at the beginning and end of every session so that they simply become how you and your students operate. It's also important for children who might not be online often to also be involved with these norms. Consider reaching out to them via family email or a phone call to make sure that they also know that they are a valued member of your class community. As authors Chapin, O'Connor, and Anderson state in their book Classroom Discussions, using math talk to help students learn, when a teacher succeeds in setting up a classroom in which students feel obligated to listen to each other, to make their own contributions clear and comprehensible, and to provide evidence for their claims, that teacher has set in place a very powerful context for student learning. The class as a whole develops an understanding about values held by mathematicians and scientists all over the world. Precision, clarity, intellectual honesty, effort, and thoroughness. Creating these norms might be something that some teachers want to avoid because it's going to take time, energy, and honesty from everyone involved. At first, it might just feel too overwhelming to think about all that is involved to reach the success. But just remember that this is a journey and we have to take things one step at a time in order to create the most productive experience possible for children. Socio-mathematical norms are what the members of a learning community believe about the teaching and learning of mathematics. They highlight mathematical identities and define core values. Making the choice to jump into the first lesson of a math curriculum or to just not bother with community building activities because we're trying to make up for lost time or because we're operating under the false belief that all we teach is math is a mistake. 
It's a mistake because dismissing explicit norms creation doesn't mean that norms won't be created for your class. We all still have identities, and we all still bring those identities wherever we go. So by not explicitly talking about these, we will be allowing for unproductive beliefs to dominate, including the idea that children's thoughts, opinions, and backgrounds are separate from mathematics and don't matter. Children need to know that they are truly valued, that their ideas are worthy and will be listened to, and that their teachers will not ignore who they are. Taking the time to establish and reinforce these norms helps promote productive beliefs. Parents, your continued involvement is important too. Stay informed about the socio-mathematical norms set by your child's class by asking your child's teacher to email you a picture of this class poster so you're aware of this agreement as well. Help your child create a meaningful space in your home that's designated for learning without distraction, especially if your child will be in an online learning environment. You can also create a similar contract with your child and everyone in your home. Set guidelines about keeping a growth mindset, persevering through problems, or playing board games a set number of times each week, or add on some others that come to your mind. Have everyone sign this after it's agreed upon, and then post it in a prominent area, like on a refrigerator. So I'm going to stop here for now. This idea of socio-mathematical norms is a lot to take in. Before I do go, though, I want to remind you to leave a review of this podcast on Apple to help others find it and for your chance to win a variety of prizes, including products from Aromaology, which creates high-quality, all-natural bath, body, skincare, and home fragrance products in their L.A. studio. These products are an excellent way to continue your self-care. Another prize to win is one of three 12-month classroom licenses to Braining Camp, which are coming just in time for the new school year. Leave a review today as the first Kids Math Talk podcast winner will be announced next week. In episode 9, we'll continue this conversation about moves parents and educators can take at the beginning of the school year to set the stage for Kids Math Talk all year long. I'll see you there. Share this podcast with your friends and colleagues Keep the Kids Math Talk conversation going. You can always tweet me with questions or comments using the handle at Kids Math Talk. You can also head to my website, kidsmathtalk.com slash podcast to download the sheets mentioned in this episode. And join us next week for another episode of the Kids Math Talk podcast.